Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8th, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to Episode 1 of Conspiracy Unlimited. On this episode, I'm going to dive deep into the Las Vegas shooting massacre that left 58 souls dead and injured over 500 others back on October the 1st. The worst mass shooting in U.S. history. Who was Stephen Paddock, the supposed gunman? Was he, in fact, the crazed lone gunman? Or was he a patsy? Lots of strange inconsistencies to be explored when you listen to some of the audio recordings from this is you clearly hear that the shooting's going longer than 30 rounds the magazine capacity of the firearms that he has or allegedly had in his possession it's just going on and on plus there's two different sound characters going on at the same time where you're hearing something the 5.56 millimeter nato round being fired at the same time an ak-47 is being discharged 
This podcast is brought to you by Logo Creator 7 Software. You know, these days, it's more important than ever to have a good image, especially if you have a small business or you sell stuff online or post on social media. But quality graphics can cost a lot of money. And advanced software like Photoshop, that takes time to learn. Believe me, I've tried. That's why I want to tell you about some amazing piece of software called Creator 7. Creator 7 is so easy to use, yet it lets you create super-looking logos, business cards, character mascots, you name it, in just minutes. Whatever you create is going to look super cool and very impressive. Creator 7 comes with hundreds of ready-made templates. Just click and drag to make changes, and instantly... You have really impressive graphics right on your computer. Some clever folks have even ordered the Creator 7 software to start their own logo-making business, creating and selling logos and graphics for a profit. That's how good it is. But you won't believe the price. Creator 7 creates beautiful logos and designs right on your computer and works on either PC or Mac. And right now, it's available at an amazing price. To see it in action, just visit RadioShowLogo.com. That's RadioShowLogo.com. RadioShowLogo.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Yes, indeed, I am coming to you from my cozy studio beneath the stairs. It's not as cramped as you might think. There's actually quite a bit of room in here. I'm guessing maybe 100 square feet. And this room where I'm talking to you from is where the mighty Aphrodite stored all of our our small kitchen appliances and all our dishes and cutlery. Uh, But I, I moved all of that out. And uh, we found a bunch of stuff we had forgotten about or thought was lost over the years. In fact, I found this little wooden, it's sort of a rod-shaped tool, and I was about to toss it out. And then the mighty Aphrodite chimes in. She couldn't believe it. She goes, you found my spurtle. She yelled out in glee, you found my spurtle. You're what? My spurtle, she said. I said, what on earth is a spurtle? Well, it turns out, You may already know this, I did not, but a spurtle is a tool used to stir porridge. And because of its shape, it doesn't create drag like like a spoon. So it prevents the porridge or the oatmeal from becoming lumpy or congealing as you stir it. And this thing, I looked it up, it goes back to like the 15th century. It was invented in Scotland. So there's your word for the day, spurtle. And if you love uh, porridge and oatmeal in the morning, like we do here in the uh, the Sarat household, no kitchen should be without a spurtle. All right, uh, on to far more serious matters, grave matters. Couldn't get much more serious, more odious, more evil, in fact, than the uh, the horrible shooting, the massacre uh, in Las Vegas back on October the 1st, 58 killed. Uh, 546 wounded, many of those, of course, in the ensuing stampede. Uh, the attendees at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival were, were sitting ducks. 
And the supposed shooter, we are to believe, was Stephen Paddock. Here we had a, a retired, flabby accountant, real estate owner, millionaire, who spent most of his spare time gambling. He was a high roller. And uh, it was Paddock, we are again led to believe, someone with zero military experience, who supposedly smuggled in an arsenal of about two dozen weapons into his hotel room on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, thousands of rounds of ammunition. Now, I, I have stayed away from talking about this massacre, hoping that with the passage of time, there might be some more information forthcoming about motive or other accomplices, or at least a consistent timeline. But here we are almost two months later, and still nothing. In fact, very little new information has come out. Uh, we, a day ago, we had a report from a, a forensics expert uh, who concluded that approximately 1,100 rounds of ammunition were fired uh, during the shooting rampage, which is kind of odd when you think about the duration of the rampage, how many shots were fired. I mean, that takes a great deal of physicality to be able to fire that many rounds. It's just not like pushing a button. Handling these weapons, you have to be in reasonably good shape, and we'll get into that during the next 40 minutes or so. The other piece of news relating to the shooting that has just come out, that is yet another survivor of the massacre has suddenly died. 52-year-old Roy McClellan, we're learning, was killed November the 17th while he was walking on the roadway in Pahrumpf, Nevada, which is about 60 miles west of Las Vegas. He was hit by a Chevrolet Camaro that fled the scene, this according to the Nevada Highway Patrol. Now, McClellan and his wife made it out safely when the uh, massacre started. And this is kind of interesting because McClellan now is the fourth survivor to die suddenly. Back in October, there was... Another shooting survivor, Kimberly Schomel or Schomel, who died suddenly in her sleep. Now, Kimberly was one of a number of survivors who maintained there were multiple shooters in Vegas, multiple on the ground. And then also in October, another couple who survived the shooting were killed in a car accident near their home in Riverside County, California, Dennis and Lorraine Carver were trapped inside the uh, their car after it slammed into a metal gate and caught fire. Horrible, horrible way to go. Imagine surviving this massacre only to die this way. Now, I know Kimberly was very outspoken about what she witnessed. She saw, again, multiple shooters. She was adamant about it, and she was reaching out to other survivors on social media. I, I don't know about Roy McClellan and the Carvers, what their position was, what they saw. But again, four survivors of the Vegas shooting are now dead. And uh, now with my brand new podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, I, I will dive into this. There are so many things about that event that, that don't make sense, still don't make sense, so many inconsistencies. I'll tell you what, it is, it's such a great pleasure to have this gentleman part of the inaugural voyage of Conspiracy Unlimited. He's a true original the real deal. He's an independent investigator, researcher, blogger, 
and the host of his own podcast called Conspiracy Cafe. Now, he's been with me a number of times on my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show. And now here he is with me on Conspiracy Unlimited. Great pleasure to welcome George Freund. George, how are you? Oh, very well, Richard. Thanks for having me aboard, and together we'll change the paradigm of human history with the truth and put fake news to bed. You know, uh, you and I are, are both uh, Christians, and, and so as such, we both subscribe to the, the, the idea that there is you know, evil, there is evil in this world. Uh, Satan is running the show down here on Earth. But I, I can't think of a, a, a recent event. Obviously, mass shootings are all you know motivated by evil but 58 dead and at, at this point no clear motive uh i can't think of such an unspeakable evil in in recent memory that that has affected me so much because again we know so little uh typically uh you know there is a timeline constructed and we have a motive and we have uh you know Details, more details. We have nothing. Here we are nearly two months and uh, nothing. Have you seen, have you ever witnessed anything like this before, George? Well, by and large, I look at this uh, mass casualty event as something very, very similar to the Kennedy assassination because you have people shot in the open in front of all kinds of other people, and you have elements of the mob, the intelligence agencies, the death of witnesses, the, the patsy who's killed. Uh, the witnesses saying there's multiple shooters from multiple locations, and it's just instead of having Dealey Plaza, we we have a, a you know basically a, a a stage set where we have a, a a big entertainer with thousands and thousands of people all held hostage uh, under a big pyramid of you know some kind of satanic uh, twinge to to add to the to the spice of this massacre. I want, and, hang on, I got to stop you right there because right out of the shoot you're saying something you know very very uh, compelling and, that, and and incendiary and that is that Paddock like Oswald was a patsy. Oh, very much so. He and was most also, likely dead before uh, anybody got in the room. There was rigor mortis in the body. How do we know that? Well, because I've studied all the photos, and, uh, you know, that was my specialty. And when I was a policeman was, you know, evidence and intelligence. I was the only person who ever said that Guy Paul Moran was innocent. I was pilloried for that, uh, laughed at, you know, uh, one of my class colleagues is a ca- former cabinet minister, former chief of police, former commissioner of the OPP. But, uh, you know, I looked over the evidence and said, this guy didn't do it. It's all circumstantial. It's somebody else. What police uh, force were you serving on? Well, I worked with the University of Toronto Police. All right. So I was taking an investigator's course uh, with some of the top investigators in Ontario, and Guy Paul Moran was the subject for this course. It was taught by a provincial court judge. No student ever said Guy Paul Moran was innocent, except me. I was the only one ever. And then about 15, 20 years later, they invented DNA testing and precluded him from the list of suspects. This was a, um, a famous... A murder case here in Ontario involving the uh, the death of a uh, a young child who they lived next door to the Morans, did they not? Yes. Right. So that's why you had tons of circumstantial evidence. They used the okay. same laundromat and such like that. All right. So, so with Paddock, and you say you saw the you studied the photographs, but we yes. don't. Do we know how soon after he was supposedly killed those photographs were taken? 
Uh, it's difficult to say, but uh, what we see is we see a manufactured crime scene. One of the big things you said, how many rounds were fired? 1,100. Okay, and some estimates were going as high as 2,000. You look at the room where the bodies found of pictures that were published in the, in the newsprints, and you just see a few cartridges on the floor. Excellent so point. They should be like a couple inches deep almost. 1,100 shells in a... Uh very small in a hotel space. suite you're right that's a great point and you know i've been to ranges after the tactical unit is practicing for you know like a presidential visit or this or that like you know i'd be scooping up enough brass to last me a lifetime and uh okay well where is it it's not there so that's one of the glaring errors is so i put a blog up crime scene do enter and you can look at the uh, things and it looks like it was staged like one of the big things is you don't move anything on a crime scene but you can see different rifles appearing in different photos at different times that they've been moved and planted there when you look at the blood stain that's coming out of his head from his alleged suicide the brass cases are on top of the blood the blood didn't go on top of them so it implies that the brass cases were put there uh... you can also see a pattern where you know, well, fluids are fluids, it doesn't matter what it is, there's a brass case in the blood fluid, and the blood is approaching the brass case, it should, you know, go around it, but it doesn't, there's no sign that it went around it, so obviously the case was put on top, and that means that the crime scene was staged and things were planted. Uh, a, a forensic uh, examiner looked at pictures of the body and he said rigor mortis had set in, and uh, so you're dealing with someone who has rigor. There's another big thing. Is how, how, soon does, how soon does rigor mortis set in after? Well, that after. can vary on temperatures and such like that, but considering these evidentiary photos are supposed to be of a very recent suicide that they just got into the room because he's supposed to have killed himself just prior to the police coming in, uh, it shouldn't have been there at the time the photos were taken. That's also uh, been disputed, hasn't it? Didn't they say at first... It was a suicide, and then, I mean, the timeline is changing, and, and the details are like shifting sand, but didn't someone else then come out and say that, that he was he was shot by police? The first instance, they said he was shot by the police, and then they turned it into a, it was a suicide. One of the big things that comes up is when you see the body, and, you know, I've got the picture of the body on my website, you can't miss that, and, uh, you know, the pictures in the media have Mr. Paddock with a tattoo on his neck with the number 13. And the body's on the floor, face up, head back. There's no tattoo on his neck. Hmm. So, you know. So like, A, it wasn't Paddock, and B. It's probably not Paddock. Paddock wasn't the shooter. You know, he might not even exist. He may, they may have made him up to uh, to a degree that, you know, they stole his identity or just use his name. Uh, you know, who knows? He could be sitting on a beach in the South Pacific with his girlfriend now. But uh, this body compared to the picture that they presented. I'm just looking at the evidence and looking at it logically. Okay, it's like you gave me a wooden nickel, okay? I tap it on the table, and I go, this is a wooden nickel. No, it's not. Well, I can see it's wood. I can feel it's wood. I put it in the fire, it burns. It doesn't melt. It's wood. So logic determines what the answer is, not what someone tells you or tries to make you pre-conclude. George, just hold on, because you said something that's so important. Never accept wooden nickels. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. 
Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files. And what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. I want to share this with you. If you're looking for world-class website hosting at a fair price, there's a company I want to tell you about. Pair Networks. Pair Networks hosts hundreds of thousands of websites. And why do I recommend them? Well, it's simple. Because they set the standard for excellence with a technical support staff that's really second to none. Their support team, they respond so quickly. They always give me straight answers, which is important because, well, I'm kind of slow. Plus, they have top-of-the-line technology, and that's why Pair Networks offers reliability for your website with a money-back guarantee. So whether you're a professional web designer or a busy web marketer or you're just getting a site online, Pair Networks has a web hosting plan that's right for you. Log on and learn more at Pair.com. Let me spell it out for you. P-A-I-R.com. Pair Networks. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. George Freund stays with us from Conspiracy Cafe. We're talking about the Vegas shooting. I I, uh, I mentioned uh, the, the forensics report, 1,100 rounds fired. Now the time, the time frame, the actual, the duration of the shooting. What is it? Somewhere between ten and twenty minutes, ten and fifteen minutes. Basically, yes. Right, eleven hundred rounds in ten to fifteen minutes. I'm not a weapons expert by any means, but I have talked to some some people familiar with handling automatic weapons, and they say that for someone with, well, let's face it. He was he was a retired flabby accountant as I, as as I had described him. For someone just to go in there and fire off eleven hundred rounds, that's you don't just do that. Or or am I mistaken? Could could anyone could anyone just fire eleven hundred rounds in fifteen minutes? Yes, but they would have a different weapon. They'd have a belt fed machine gun. And when you listen to some of the audio recordings from this, is you clearly hear that the shooting's going longer than 30 rounds, the magazine capacity of the firearms that he has or allegedly had in his possession. And uh, it's just going on and on. Plus, there's two different sound characters going on at the same time, where you're hearing something, the 5.56 millimeter NATO round being fired at the same time an AK-47 is being discharged. 
So we have uh, multiple guns being fired at the same time and guns being fired longer than it would take. You'd have to reload several times, and that's going to take you a lot of time, too, to put that many rounds uh, through a gun, especially since he's firing from two different windows, they allege. Part of the other big problem with these windows is they have alarms on them. And these modern windows are made so that, say, me and you were drunk and we got in a fight on Saturday night and you threw me against the window. It's not going to break and I'm not going to go through. It's maybe not bulletproof, but it's about as close to it as you can get. And friends of mine who go to Las Vegas all the time are very well aware of that hotel. In fact, my webmaster's uh, fellow employees, you know, one killed and two wounded at, uh, at this event. So, you know, there were real killings, but there's a lot of fake evidence. So just as we discussed in the Ottawa shooting on your show uh, that time ago, uh, some of the pictures of the alleged wounded look like crisis actors, that the media is putting up some fake photos. And uh, because there's no signs of the fact that you've had mass trauma to your body, the most major uh, hole in their story is there's a picture of two women lying on the ground and you're looking at one woman from the rear side and she's supposed to be dead or severely wounded or something like that. There's not a whole lot of blood there, but the major thing to say that she's not dead or hasn't been in trauma is her bladder didn't void. She's dry. Hmm. So as soon as you lose all muscular control because you're dead, it's coming out, and there's nothing, uh, no power on earth that's ever going to stop that. Well, it's funny you mentioned nothing funny about it, but uh, I I saw a video taken on a smartphone by people wandering through the lobby of a Hooters, which is sort of kitty corner to Mandalay Bay and the the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival. I I, I don't know if you've seen the video, but you have these. Two gentlemen walking through the lobby, and there are slot machines at this Hooters, and they're being very nonchalant, but what they're seeing are bodies draped in white sheets. You're seeing apparent victims, uh, some of them alive, uh, with with blankets uh, around their, their shoulders. They're huddled on the ground, but there's no screaming, there's no crying. And I looked at the video a few times. I saw these bodies draped in sheets. No blood that I could see. It's possible they were victims of trampling or heart attack or some other trauma. Uh, so that's very strange. And then we have the same night video taken from across the street from gentlemen who were visiting Las Vegas. And we see a line of ambulances racing towards the Hooters. And we're told there are 17, at least by their count, 17 ambulances rush to Hooters. One witness in Hooters, actually there were several, who say a sole member of a SWAT team came through the rear of the uh, of the Hooters lobby telling people to get down. Uh, there was talk of, of, of another gunman and even talk they overheard of uh, police reporting a shooter had stolen a police car. Now, this is supposedly all happening at the same time as the shooter at, at, at Mandalay Bay. Are you familiar with those reports, and, and what do you make of them? Well, there's reports that there were multiple locations, including other hotels like the Bellagio, the New York, New York, where people were shot and that they had victims. Uh, on the police recordings, uh, there was a warning put out from the, one of the main dispatchers warning police to lock their cars because people were trying to get into the cars to take shotguns. 
And the reason they were doing that is they were probably trying to hope to protect themselves because a picture did come out from a, a phone where there was a guy dressed in sec a security uniform in the crowd with a weapon opening fire on people on the ground. So, you know, clear evidence that, that we have another shooter. Uh, taxi cab driver pulling up to the Mandalay Bay fo focused on the fourth floor. There's uh, shots coming out of two different windows. And uh, this hotel also has service windows where you can take windows out to do outside maintenance. And in some of the photographs, these windows aren't there. They're, they're like instead of the shiny glass, you've got a black spot that uh, they've been out. And other people could have access uh, to go out and do things. There's also reports of shots being fired from a helicopter. And a very, very strange uh, helicopter that made a landing on the roof of a hotel and did an exfiltration and took somebody out. And this helicopter was actually, you know, because you, you have a transponder on all these uh, aircraft to tell you, you know, friend or foe who it is uh, right. in the military, but uh, to say your flight number. And the flight number was for a passenger jet that was supposed to be going from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Las Vegas, which conveniently was delayed seven hours, but it's on a helicopter and the plane had already landed. And the plane that landed didn't have the tail number of the transponder that was supposed to be the flight. So somebody got in there and landed on the roof and took somebody away. Who that somebody was, was this part of the WAC team or, uh, you know, uh, some other agents that were being smuggled out? It's uh, very difficult to tell, but a very highly unusual thing. Uh, the big mistake that the powers to be made is they cleared the FAA website of all the details of, of a lot of the things, including planes that uh, Mr. Paddock owned that just happened to be working for the defense industry uh, in the East Coast through various companies uh, in the Obama administration days. And uh, they purged that, but there's a website that's called FlightAware that wasn't touched and all the information was still there showing who owned them, uh, what kind of contracts they had. They, they specialized in doing uh, work for the CIA and, and uh, the American State Department and such like that were their specialty. So Paddock is a, is a very, very, he's not just, uh, you know, the, the accountant uh, idiot, uh, whatever. He, he may very well have been involved with the CIA. His girlfriend it was brought into the United States by a State Department CIA specialist in China. How do we know uh, that? Well, that's all documented in her entry papers. So, you know, I can dig through my pile here and, uh, and get at her name. But she was, in the 70s, uh, a fighter with, uh, you know, insurgents that were fighting against Marcos in the Philippines. So she is most likely a CIA operative uh, going back a long time, and she's been smuggled into uh, the United States. And uh, her name at that time was very, very different, Natividad. And, uh, you know, let me see here. Mary Lou Ocampo Natividad was her name, and they called her May Escrita Fighter. And uh, she was sponsored by uh, Carl W. Ford, Jr., China analyst with the CIA to come into the United States. So this provides us with the thing that, you know, when your girlfriend's uh, pretty much uh, a, a, an intelligence operative in, in a very, very tight situation in the Philippines, that's rather unusual. But you see, all this stuff is never going to be reported. Like, if, you know, if I was working for a major newspaper and I came up with a story like that in a free world, you get the Pulitzer Prize. 
So what they do here is, you know, you're walking across the street on a highway and somebody runs you down. Well, And uh, exactly. you're a witness that doesn't live anymore. Well, that brings us back to um, Mr. McClellan. We just found out November 17th he was killed uh, in a hit and run. The vehicle fled the scene. Uh, now, uh, he was a, a survivor. Uh, he's number four. Uh, I well, want- there's some other very interesting people as well. I don't know if you've heard of John Bielman. No. Uh, he uh, allegedly killed himself and his daughter. But see, something very unusual oh, was yes. found in, That's right. I, yes. in the hotel room. They found a battery pack for a very special type of iPhone that's only used by the intelligence agencies. The FBI, and he the, owned the company. The FBI had visited his house about 48 hours prior. We, know, we don't know why. Uh, then he supposedly took his uh, disabled, his handicapped daughter out into the backyard, killed her, and then killed himself. Uh, so that's six, six survivors in less in than less two than months. months. What do you think? And make we of have that? another chap here called uh, Chad Nishimura. He was the valet who parked Paddock's car, and he disappeared after giving an interview on a Hawaiian news uh, network, KITV. And uh, he said, when paddock came in which was days before they officially say he came in that he didn't carry many bags Hmm. he was traveling very light so one of the uh conspiracy ends of things is saying that uh you know the oj simpson release was timed so that all kinds of media would be in town and what does media bring right if you're going to do a major tv network thing you're bringing in cases and cases and cases cameras equipment you know, of all sort and description to hook up to satellites and such. Which could be used as cover to smuggle in the 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 weapons. weapons. And who was next door or just down the hall from his room? The media. And uh, there's reports from the hotel servicing uh, thing that he ordered up food and had guests in his room. Uh, You know, we have to speculate whether that was the media. One of the other big flaws to this is they said, when this Jesus Campos, the security guard, who doesn't exist in the Nevada database for security people, and there's no records for him anymore at the Mandalay Hotel, they've been cleansed. So he looks like he's been an invented uh, person. But anyway, he's supposed to have fired almost, you know, a hundred or so rounds in his general direction. People who were in the hotel said there was no damage to anything in the hotel. No, you know, paint damage, plaster damage, holes hmm. in anything. Well, that's so that's that another an odd up. story. The the the, uh, the the case of Jesus Campos. Uh, no, they have admitted that he was out of st- he was not licensed in Nevada, but he's private uh, hotel security. He didn't have to be registered in the state. What's interesting, George, about Jesus Campos is he supposedly sus- sustains a, a leg wound. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine a, a leg wound from a, a, an automatic weapon could be described as anything but serious. So he sustains this leg wound. Uh, and days later, here we have a material witness to the the biggest massacre in uh, mass shooting in U.S. history. And this material witness is lo- allowed to leave the country uh, ostensibly to visit friends or family in Mexico. So that's very odd. I mean, what isn't odd about this story? What isn't strange about well, it gets, this story? It gets more odd, really. Uh, when Campos was going for his um, stress therapy, you know, he was going to uh, the Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center, which in years past, there was a CIA mind control program going on there by Louis Jolly West, 
who worked on the MK Ultra project of all places. So he was getting his pills from the appropriate place. When he went for this award ceremony where he's limping, they made a big mistake. They made a very big mistake because the uh, John George Steakhouse in Las Vegas, where it alleged to have happened, uh, was completely renovated in July 2017. So the photos they take of him are in the old style of the place, and the refurbished restaurant after July 2017 isn't there. And then, uh, you know, net detectives who are good at the, uh, you know, looking at the time and your internet pictures and all that found out that this picture was manufactured a day before the event happened. So that's called, uh, you know, Jesus Campos Award Ceremony photos are proof of a staged deception. And, you know, you can't walk away from that. That's forensic evidence that shows that you got a hole in it. And that's probably why the story's been dropping off the radar screen uh, for mainstream media, because it's something you would expect that they would uh, yell at and scream about for years, months, or, or even longer. But they don't, because um, alternative media is punching holes in things that just completely and totally destroy their their, uh, their their crap, for lack of a better word. The other part is his handler, the guy who is his spokesman, David Hickey, from the uh, union, that's a union affiliated with NASA employees as well, was raided in 2012 by federal agents for, you know, mishandling money and, uh, uh, you know, possibly laundering money from all the unions at nuclear power plants in the NASA Space Center. And, uh... For some strange reason, no charges were ever filed against him. But many other executives in this union, and there's like a three-page list, you know, were all charged uh, with offenses of all sorts of descriptions going back to 2006. But uh, he walks away scot-free, and then all of a sudden he becomes Mr. Media to handle uh, Mr. Campos. So I guess that was his payback uh, thing is, you know, you're our man, you're our agent, we have you under control, we let you go. And uh, he'll do whatever we say, whenever we say. Let me ask you about uh, one of the survivors who died suddenly. And, and um, now there are six survivors, uh, five survivors, sorry, five survivors uh, who have died within the last uh, two months. Kimberly uh, Schomel or Scomel, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Uh, she was very vocal on social media, adamant, reaching out to other survivors of the shooting that there were multiple shooters, some on the ground, shooting people virtually at point-blank range. Uh, as she fled, she maintains that uh, she was being pursued by gunmen, again, on the ground, uh, reached out to other survivors, and then died suddenly in her sleep. Now, she did uh, suffer from epileptic uh, seizures. They're attributing her death to... I guess, uh, post, post-traumatic stress syndrome, um, which aggravated her condition, perhaps. I don't know. What do you make of that? Well, I would say that's one of the reasons why I look at it as being so similar to the Kennedy assassination. You were there. You saw the shooter on the grassy knoll. You talk about it. You're dead in mm. a very short period of time. And uh, she's just classic because she went vocal. She went first. And, uh, you know, you can't deny her story. She's an eyewitness. She was there. She saw it with her own eyes. And that's an incentive to a lot of other people just to uh, keep their mouths shut because you know what, you're going to get the treatment next. So maybe there's a whole plethora of other people that uh, have evidence and they're afraid to use it, say it, or put it out anywhere for fear of retribution. Then we have the uh, very early reports. I don't know that it... uh... It aired more than once. It may have been MSNBC. This was an eyewitness 
who was near the stage at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival, who reported that uh, a woman, appeared to be a Latino, uh, approached her and started shouting at her and others that they're everywhere and you're going to all die in about 45 minutes. Correct. And not just that, there was also a chap who was on the dark web blogging saying that uh, they were going to have this happen as well. He called it a high incident project and he uh, put this out September 11th, 2017, saying that uh, they're going to have something happen Las Vegas was one of the potential targets, and there was a reason for this, is that they wanted to bring in like a total control grid for all buildings where you have the back uh, scanner uh, systems to x-ray you and high security everywhere where you, uh, you know, basically are going from one prison building to another prison building, and they wanted to have all this in place by 2020. And he specifically named uh, Mr. Chertoff, uh, you know, the classic from 9-11, and uh, uh, a lot of things before. I think he was a Whitewater Council in the Clinton days. And uh, Was he, he former director after... of Homeland Security? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So now he runs the Chertoff Group, and uh, his uh, associate, Sheldon Adelson, the billionaire and uh, casino owner, expect to make uh, billions in profit out of something like this, as states, specifically Nevada first, but other states follow suit with high security. So that's the so, motive you're saying? Well, that's what this chap said. Like, you know, if, you, if you're telling me from September 11th that, you know, this is what's going to happen and it happens, and all the people that you're uh, exposing are in a position to profit, you have the key bono uh, who benefits, that they're there to benefit, that puts you at the top of the list as far as looking for suspects. If we were a free and open society where we're going to start putting people under surveillance and investigation and such like that, but we know the rot's at the top anyway, so they're never going to investigate themselves or hold themselves accountable in any way, shape, or form. But uh, once that piece of evidence came out, you know, you could just see that this story dropped off mainstream news right away. And uh, because it got very popular in the blogosphere about uh, who's behind it, how and why. And when you look at, uh, and I wasn't that familiar with Chertoff's background, I never really looked into it enough. But when, when, when you hear, okay, Clinton, Whitewater, uh, you know, the, uh, the World Trade Center attack, uh, the first one and such like that, that he's the prosecutor uh, going after the blind sheik. He was involved with uh, the case with the underwear bomber. Uh, you know, you, now you see what, it, you know, what did they used to say in the Bush days? Uh, you know, when they talked about uh, that it's Al-Qaeda, they had that special term. Uh, you remember that one? No, no. Uh, all the hallmarks, that's it. has all the hallmarks. Ah. So, you know, okay, well, here's your words back. Eat them. This has all the hallmarks of, uh, of an inside job. Same type of thing, too, where you have deep state actors in the Kennedy assassination that are holding cabinet posts and maybe even the vice presidency that are, are working to take out uh, the president with the... the cahoots of the FBI director, they're, they're as dirty as can be, but they control the case. They control the uh, hearings that are going to come afterwards, what evidence is presented, and what's going to be released to the media, and we'll be held hostage to that and uh, have no other uh, means. But we're in a generation now where we have computers, alternative media, the internet, you know, a bright kid anywhere can put something on YouTube, and if he's got the right ticket, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people can tune into that and turn off CBS News and say goodbye, we'll never miss you. George Freund is an independent researcher, investigator, and the host of Conspiracy Cafe. Conspiracy-cafe.com is the website, and uh, he also posts uh, his blogs there quite frequently. Conspiracy-cafe.com. 
dot com. Uh, so give me then your alternative timeline, how, how you think this went down. If Paddock wasn't the shooter, if in fact he was dead hours perhaps before the shooting rampage began, and you mentioned uh, based on the photographs, rigor mortis had already set, set in. Uh, and again, no, uh, an absence of, of, um, shell casings in his hotel suite. If in fact he had fired 1100 rounds. You got to notice. <laughs> as, yes. And this is, this is coming from a forensics report that came out yesterday. So See, the big thing with that, Richard, from a comedic standpoint, I don't know if you ever watched uh, home alone or something like that. Oh yes. It was on the other night, the actually. Yeah, classic. Actually, I recommend that for your home defense uh, training or something. <laughs> Lots of things you can do at the low end that are very effective. And one is like putting marbles or ball bearings on the stage. These brass cases are round, right? And, uh, you know, you go stumbling into a room with 1,100 of them on the floor, you're probably going to end up on your butt. Because you're no going to step on some and they're going to roll, right? And you're going to fall. Precisely. So that's how thick and uh, and such that this should be. They're br- hard pieces of brass, and they're slippery and wet a little bit because they've come out of the gun. They have gunpowder residue on them, and you know you put your 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 uh, soft rubbery little soles from your tack boots on there, and you know you may be having your ankles pointed to the ceiling and your butt to the floor. So uh, it, it's just beyond belief that that many rounds were fired from uh, from this room and that one man could do it, change that many magazines. Even if you were RoboCop, you'd be taxed to the limits and might have to change a fuse if it blew. The uh, you know One of the big uh, things that comes out of uh, the alternative media to say what really happened is the fact that there was an arms deal going down in this hotel and that Stephen Paddock, uh, with his uh, planes being used for transporting things uh, for the uh, intelligence agencies or the black shadow parts of the American government, that something went wrong, and they lost control of this. There's other another big story that 30 FBI agents checked into the hotel before this happened. You know, what are the odds, right? <laughs> you got 30 FBI agents rolling around. Maybe most of them Is are hanging out at the Is that report credible, though, George? Is that report credible? Yes, very much so. And uh, see, the big thing is, is we are trained to doubt ourselves and cast aspersions on the truth, especially when we use that C word, conspiracy. Hmm. Before they invented the conspiracy word, if you go back to Sherlock Holmes in the 19th century, what would they call a conspiracy theory? Investigative reporting. <laughs> exactly. Or deductive reasoning. Ah, yes. So you look at something and you use logic, and they don't teach logic anymore. But if something's not logical, it can't be. So you can't have two answers to the same thing. It defies the laws of logic, which we're not taught anymore. So someone's telling me that, you know, I've got this lone assassin and he fired 1,100 rounds, but they're not on the floor. Logic says, and there's nothing you can do to change it, it didn't happen the way you said you know, when we can go build on the fact that those pieces of brass aren't on the floor and go further and further and further to say it probably never happened. Okay, so you said an arms deal was going down. So let's start to piece together a possible alternative timeline. If Paddock was shot and and, uh, he's the patsy then, how do you think it may have gone down? Well, one very, very hot piece of information, and this comes from a Bulgarian reporter who's been uh, going over uh, a thing called Silkways Airlines and their weapons trafficking. And this woman has lost her job, been tortured, and still put out her story. So that's why I put her at the top because, in, you know, facing just unbelievable crises after crisis in her life, she's 
you know, got the goods. She's been to Syria. She's gone to Azerbaijan, where these uh, cargo planes are originating. They're being, weapons are being flown in diplomatic cargo. The CIA is a major customer. Her name is Dilyana Gaytan Shiva. And uh, I, I read her first story when it came out, and I was going like, wow, they must have some press in Bulgaria. But then, like say, she lost her job and got tortured after the first story came out. But there is an associate in Las Vegas, a Russian mafia leader by the name of Razdan Shuleya. And uh, he was put under arrest by the FBI. And uh, there's been a lot of look going on into there. But they, there were weapons flights going to Chicago. You know, who came from Chicago? Uh, Mr. Obama and a lot of his henchmen with the Chicago mob. That uh, this There was a specific flight on 1st August, where Silkways Airlines was flying from Dubai to land in Chicago, but the flight was delayed for so-called mechanical reasons. And some guy named Stephen Paddock arrived at the customs gate at O'Hare International Airport. So, you know, just as someone who uses news or is interested in news or is interested in investigation, I would say now that's got to be like the number one lead story in the New York Times to say, how come Stephen Paddock shows up at the airport when an international arms flight from the CIA, you know, from the CIA right, right. Is, this is, is coming to town? This What's is he like, doing there? This is like Oswald arriving in Mexico City at the uh, the Cuban to to embassy. The embassy, right? Exactly. So uh, they're saying uh, in this that you know there's a lot of money laundering going on, and that's part of his cover by being a gambler. Is you know money's going through your hands tooth and nail, and uh, you can do anything you want. Now this woman had the bills of lading in her article. Uh, in multiple languages, but, uh, you know, saying what's on the plane. And, uh, you know, there are pilots that don't like flying with a, a lot of this stuff, but there's end-user agreements. So uh, there was that uh, TV show out like a couple of years ago about an international arms smuggler, and that's how they finally caught the guy with the person who infiltrated uh, his network and got these end-user agreements to say, okay, I got the papers, and I have them on my website. Okay, so so there are th- this... This plane is filled with with arms, lands in, lands in Chicago, and then what happens? Well, that we don't know. It's just uh, her story ended with the fact that uh, in in this post that I have that Paddock showed up there. So somehow he knew about it or he's affiliated with it. Now we have him in a room with 23 guns and there's a giant massacre happened. So what happened if they're doing something like Operation Fast and Furious where they're giving guns to Mexican drug dealers. In this scenario, they're suggesting that maybe they were giving guns to possible ISIS terrorists to do the same thing, to track them, so that the gun is marked, or even to have a satellite sensor on it, that you could track the weapon and see where they go. But something went seriously wrong. They killed Paddock, and then they just went absolutely berserk and uh, open fire from many, many venues. The only thing is this had to be planned at a very, very deep level because they're wearing security uniforms. There's reports from the Australian witnesses that they saw security chasing security through the hotels. Yes, yes I've heard that from a number of sources. Yeah, so that was well covered in the Australian press and kind of a little bit in the British press, and I doubt if it got much uh, juice in the American press or the Canadian vassal that's underneath. And... Uh, you know, you, well, you can't deny that now. We got names, we got uh, all sorts of people. There's also another, uh, you know, obscure story of how the FBI went after uh, this other guy uh, in the same timeline. This was in the Daily Sheeple. FBI gives a man a rifle and urged him to carry out a mass shooting to defend Islam. And, uh, you know, he didn't really want to do it, you know, so. <laughs> 
this is their methodology. This is what they do is they come on you and they, they set you up. And uh, the almost all of the FBI stings for the so-called terror attacks have all been something that it's their guy that, uh, you know, they gave them the weapon, they gave them money and, you know, cajoled them into technically breaking the law. Then they arrest them and say they, they have a terrorist. And uh, But George, if it was a, a gun a weapons deal that went awry and let's say they were trying to track these weapons so they were going to, to sell them to jihadists uh, the jihadists killed Paddock and then as you say they just went crazy and wild and started shooting up the place from different vantage points why cover that up because does that does that not also play into the um, as a false flag then you can you can take that information okay we are under attack by radical jihadists and I think we are but in this case it was manipulated obviously you can still arrive at your your um, your motivation for this whole thing in other words you can still use that false flag no matter who's behind it to increase security in in uh, in any in, and in all buildings increase uh surveillance and and so forth it still plays into the deep state's hands you know what i'm saying oh it could but the trouble is is uh we've gone so far to out people. One of the ones that's been outed to is Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He owns 50% stock in an Alabama-based CIA corporation called Maverick Aviation, which provides military-style helicopters that uh, were suspected of being used in Las Vegas. It started out in the Afghan war with this company so that they could have Russian helicopters, and a bunch of agents were arrested by the Russians trying to pick one up in Siberia, released ultimately. But uh, they uh, have a company that uh, provides all sorts of these types of helicopters, some of them even the silent operating type, uh, heavily modified. Uh, the company owns something, uh, three Mustang leased Airbus EC-130 helicopters with Maverick Aviation Group. And, uh, you know, it's just ironic that, okay, well, Jeff Sessions owns part of this company, Maverick Aviation Group owner Gregory Roshna, previously resided in Enterprise, Alabama, a city that Curtis Childry, Maverick Aviation CIA guy, used to live in. And uh, they even have the address on uh, you know, one of those websites where you can look up people's address, where you have an address called 112 Red Wing Drive. The new owner runs a website dedicated to high-powered shooting game enthusiasts. Hmm. Or, you know, it's like just, that's so it, bizarre, you can't make it up. It's, it's, getting, it's getting deeper and deeper, and just like the Kennedy assassination, I, I fear it's going to turn into a, um, a navigable swamp. Well, we can write big books on uh, stuff like that, so many on the Kennedy assassination. One of the other sidebar stories that came out, it's, you know, it's based on a photograph, but there's a photograph of a guy being taken out by a SWAT team through the casino. And uh, the people in the casino have their hands up. And the guy who's being taken out is a dead ringer for Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Oh, well... So you look at that picture, mm -hmm. and it's easy to say two people aren't the same from a few characteristics, but he bears quite a resemblance to him, whether it is him or not. I'm doubtful because of the fact that he'd have his own security retinue, exactly. and he's being taken out by the local police. Well, wh whoever, but, whoever they were taking out, the fact they were taking someone out at the same time, as the sh you're saying roughly at the same time the shooting is taking place? Yes, 
Okay. So it's one well, of those things like, you know, if something happens to the president, you, you know, grab him by the arms and hustle him out the door. They weren't that radical about it, but they, this guy was taken out. Where did they take him? I'm not too sure, but was he the person that may have been exfiltrated from the roof by helicopter? Mm. It's, uh, you know, that's something that hasn't gone to rest either. Somebody landed and somebody left. Who they were, what they did is difficult to say, but, uh, you know, it's obvious that what we've been told is is just a total pack of lies. It's something even a good five-year-old could probably poke a few holes in uh, right at the outset. But everything is just one lie built on the other lie. In the recording I did for my show, I play the police tapes. And uh, because you, you can question everything, say this, say this, that. You know, you just listen to them talking when the police are going from one place to another place, and you're scared, right? You're going into a, into a combat zone, and you're talking about, there's shooters on other floors, or there's multiple shooters, or you're getting reports of multiple shooters. Okay, it's there, live as it happened, recorded by a radio club. Hmm. You know, you can't get away from that. That's the best evidence. That's what I use for my Sandy Hook show. It was probably one of the most popular things I ever did. Uh, you know, it, that thing just went ballistic. They pulled my website down <laughs> from that one. And, uh, you know, but you can't argue with it. The police tapes are there. So when the, the police go behind the school, and the guy confronts other people, he goes, there's someone there. You know, you're scared, right? Somebody's got a gun. They're going to shoot you. You know, you couldn't mistake the fear in the man's voice when he saw the other people. And then conveniently, the uh, news helicopter had photographs of them in the woods. It's amazing. When, uh, Initial reports, also the mass shooting in Norway. There are always reports of multiple shooters. And then within hours, it's just one lone crazed gunman. Uh, happens every time. George, I know we can count on you to stay on the case, and I'm sure we're going to re revisit this. We have to. We can't let it go. Uh, too much at stake. And um, I just I thank you for your service. Oh, and you too, Richard. Like I say, just tag team, put evil down on the mat, and spit on it when you leave the room. George Freund, Conspiracy hyphen Cafe, Conspiracy hyphen Cafe dot com and the uh, Conspiracy Cafe podcast. Thanks again, George. Bless you. Good right. night. Good night. I am so excited about episode two of Conspiracy Unlimited, and that will be available on Wednesday. And I want to share details about that upcoming episode. Uh, but first, let me share this with you. Have you heard about this free guide you can download? It, it contains a list of online power tools to make you more efficient, secure, even boost your income. Who wouldn't want that? And best of all, this online toolbox guide, absolutely free. How do you get it? Simply visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and you can grab a copy while they last. They'll go quickly. This guide has some of the very same online tools that successful business owners use every day and each one highly recommended. Yeah, I know some websites will offer a special giveaway like this, but then they want to stick you into a recurring program or some other deal. This isn't like that. There's no hidden thing to try. No credit card needed. No cost whatsoever. Bright Biz is literally giving away this online toolbox guide completely free as a means of, well, putting their best foot forward. But this is a limited time offer. So grab your free guide today and take your business and your income to the next level. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com to get your free guide to 36 online power tools. That address again, freebusinesstoolbox.com. Coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis here. He'll delve into the deeper state, which will take us inside the war on Trump, 
by corrupt elite secret societies and the builders of an imminent final empire. Until next time, so long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 